Benjamin Walker. Do you know what year it is? I believe it's our year, baby. It is our year. That is correct. Oh, season seven, episode three. Boys will be boys. We're back, baby. The whole crew isn't here. Z Love will be joining us a little bit late, but I am Andy Gatelli. I am Benjamin Walker. This is Boys Will Be Boys. It feels fucking great to be back. Today is Wednesday, August 30th. When you're listening to this, it'll probably be like Thursday the 31st. But most importantly, we are in the final week of the preseason. A week from Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys will be taking on the New York football giants in primetime Sunday night football. Today was the cutdown day to 53, so all the teams dropped their 53-man rosters. Guys got cut. Guys got picked up by other teams. Um, and we we haven't done anything since the draft. So where do you want to start? Yeah, we've been in a long hibernation. We have made it. Uh, I do want to send my congratulations to my co-host. He was uh, officially, well, he's been officially married, but officially celebrated his marriage this last weekend. All the boys were in town. It was, uh, it was tight, dude. It was a great, super fair. fun time. We'll, uh, I was telling we'll Cassie, I get a little, I get a little bro hangover though. I'm like. I'm like sad when my boys leave town because I'm like, fuck yeah. me. I forgot what it's like to have all my friends in town, you know? Like, and then I, I am reminded of it when, when everyone comes in. Oh, Zach has joined us. What up, Z? Oh. I can't hear anything. We can <laughs> hear on. you. Let's Hope make fun of him that. real quick. Yeah, make fun of him a bunch while he can't hear us. Um, but yes, he, the... he, he looks like he's broadcasting from like the warp core of a starship. I was going to say, like, the engine room of, like, that Peter Jackson movie about the, like, machines that take over. Oh, hell yeah, dude. The cities that are in machines. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Fuck yeah, he looks dude. like he's in the control room of one of those. Sick. But, yes, it was a tremendously fun weekend. All the boys came into town. We got we got jiggy with it. It was tremendously fun. Goat showed us um, his John Wick gun collection. That is not a lie. My boy over here is he's uh he's been playing with some uh playing with some expensive toys lately. Got machinery down here. This is Texas. We do it big. Yes, I did take all the boys shooting on Saturday. That was super fun, although it was hot as fuck. And then on the way home, it was so hot and dry that apparently a brush fire had started near my house. And so I was just like driving like a maniac to get home while the EMS evacuated our neighborhood. So Fortunately, I'm still broadcasting live from the same house. We did not lose the domicile. The goat ranch is still alive and well. Um, but yeah, it was it was super dope. The next night, we all got down for a while at the uh, the Terrace Club of Dripping Springs. Shout out to them. They put on a great uh, a great shindig. Great food. Great folks. Mediocre music, but hey, uh, discussion mm, for a yeah, different time. There's always, you know, you, you know, I had the same. You there's always something at at everyone's wedding, right? That there's a uh, a uh, uh, you wish you could change, you know, you look back, one of your vendors does something to, to not ruin the night. The night was still magical, but yes, you do more than worth it, more than worth it. But, but the it was whole time, all the we old got, fellas a, and, we got uh, a lot they, of good Cowboys discussion in during the event. And, you know, we were like, bro, we got to get back on the pod dude. grind. It's that time. They were asking us, fellas, where's the pod? Fellas, where's Indeed. the pod? Because me and Goat were just riffing, you know, and we realized we realized we had to fire it up. We realized Dude, when I was walking up the aisle, I was like looking, you know, down each row. There was like 700 guests at this thing, and Leo DiCaprio was there with his latest dime piece, and he looked at me and just mouthed the words, where's the pod? 
I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm getting married. Leave me alone, Leo. God, dude, get off my ass. I saw Inked CD Lamb, and he looked at me, and he just did a little finger on the Oh, dude, the watch. just like, tap in the time. watch, baby. It's time. And you were like, yes, this is a Rolex, actually. Thank <laughs> yeah, you for I, asking. Yeah, I did show CD my Rolex. He was very impressed. <laughs> But yeah, it was an awesome night. I dude, I, I can't thank y'all enough for making the trip down. I know thir- making the journey down 35 can be uh, <laughs> dangerous at the best of times, questionable at the worst. So um, it meant the world to me to have uh, well, all the people I love so much in the house. You only get to see your best friend get married for a third time once. So Indeed. Yeah. Uh, that will never be. We will never have our third wedding again. So <laughs> the same stay person. tuned next year for the annual wedding, I guess, like <laughs> round four. But yeah, man. It, we did get to watch. I, another thing I really loved was Dude, I so I did. Get Can to I tell you a line? It. Yes, please. I, a line I didn't put in the speech that I uh, I wanted to was uh uh I was gonna you know list some of your good qualities or Cassie's like joke and I was like you know he's you know he's got great commitment because he commits to the Dallas Cowboys every year. <laughs> Dude, that really is a. It really does test you, man. Like a, a man's loyalty can only stretch so far, and mine's been going strong for decades now. But one of the highlights for me of the weekend was Saturday night. Uh, was week three, which is traditionally kind of the dress rehearsal preseason game. Um, this year, not so much. There was some weirdness to the, it. The Will one, Greer game. <laughs> yeah, the Cowboys had kind of decided one they weren't going to play all their starters this year as per usual, and two. Uh, the night before Friday, the Cowboys had made this kind of like trade that shook the league. Uh, there'd been a ton of discussion the week leading up to it. So, um, a couple, I guess, I don't know, was it last year or the year before where they, I guess it was two, three years ago that they, or two years ago that they, uh, drafted Trey Lance. It would have been Micah's rookie year. So yeah, two years ago, 2021. Okay. So the, the San Francisco 49ers who they got like, probably 10% of the shit that any other team would do for, for get for a team or for a move. And only because bad. they're still, they they're win so a lot good. Of games, yeah. They are really good, but they, they the traded house. three first round picks, which is the NFL equivalent of the ranch for Trey Lance, a small school quarterback who, you know, big arm talent, you know, lots of scramble ability, but only really one year of tape uh, or really of any performance at the college level. And he came in, there was some injuries. He won the starting job as a rookie, but then got injured and then lost the starting job to Jimmy G. And then they brought in Sam Darnold and he ends up third on the depth chart. Um, I think the math I kept seeing was that they paid him like 27 million bucks for like 250 or 260 odd snaps, which is an absurd, like a hundred grand a snap in the NFL is insane. It It never made sense for them because they were like, legitimately a piece away and they took like what everyone said about Trey Lance, whether you were a believer or a non-believer was, Hey, this kid needs some time. Like basically what their Colts are saying about Anthony Richardson. They're not expecting to look pretty this year, but like, let's get him the snaps. Like, right. He needs, he needs all the reps in the world. Like this kid's athletic, but he's a project, right? Like he's not. And people thought Shanahan could do his Shanahanism guru shit, which I admit he's a genius. And he just didn't. I mean, they kind of gave up on the kid because they are in win now mode and they just don't it's feel a super odd pick. There's also been a lot of rumors that like Shanahan's whole system is really just based around timing. Like you don't need to be an all world quarterback, you know, as evidenced by Brock Purdy having a lot of success. He's not like anyone's dream QB, but he has mastered the timing in this system and that's enabled him to be productive. Um, 
And I think, you know, it sounds like Trey just was just not getting that. So the Cowboys end up getting him for a fourth round pick. Well, and I'll say this. I think another reason that it looks so bad besides the three first round picks is that the guys that go behind him, um, not only is almost everyone a pro bowler, but the ones that aren't are still absurd. So you got Kyle Pitts goes fourth right after him, um, who's had his up and downs, but obviously, you know, that wep- that's another weapon you could add. Jamar Chase, who's a baller. Jalen Waddle, who has not made a Pro Bowl, but easily could. Panay Sewell. Like 100-yard catches, though. It's right. Panay Sewell, who you put him on a line with Trent, and that's insane. J.C. Horn, who's amazing. Pat Sertan, who's – is it a stretch to say he's the best young corner in football besides maybe Sauce? Yeah, every list you look at, he's a like bona fide top five. Corner. There you go. However you want to, however you want to rank them, he's inside the top five in his third year. He's basically. Yeah. I know we got Micah, and I'm grateful because as good as Sertan's been, Micah's been better. I know you're getting there, go, but Sir, we would have been really happy if we got Sertan. Of course, that. of course. Um, then Devonta Smith to the Eagles, who's been amazing. Justin Fields, who I know some people are out on. I still have some faith in it's Justin. Prove it year this year. Prove it year this for year. sure. Micah Parsons, who is, in my opinion, the best player in football, flat out. Rashawn Slater, who's a Pro Bowl offensive tackle. Um, and then it, even at pick 15, uh, somehow Pro Bowler, Mac Jones, who... You can't look at quarterback Pro Bowls. I think Tyler Huntley bizarre. made one last year in the AFC. Yeah, so. it's bizarre. So anyway, uh, the Cowboys trade a fourth-round pick. They get Trey Lance. They bring him in. This kind of instantly... I mean, I got the dumbest text messages about this dude. Like, the <laughs> Cowboys finally learned their lesson about Dak and went and replaced him. Like, oh, over under five five games until he takes Dak's job. Like, frankly, I think you... I, I can't remember who you quoted this. I think it's really well put. Like, have you ever bought something at Costco you don't need just because it's 90% off? And I think that's a really good analogy here. Um they know what they have in Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is a totally satisfactory bus driver as long as the defense is playing really well and you need like 20 points to win a football game. But we saw in the Eagles game last year that he had to start that if you're in like a against a really good defense or even like a boat race with a good offense where you need to put up points, he just does not have the arm talent. He can't make the throws. Um the Eagles win that game by nine points. He spotted them three first-half turnovers inside Cowboys territory. He threw another backbreaker in, like, the second half. Just really only capable of throwing. Like, he can – I'm not saying he doesn't throw the deep ball ever, but, like, his so range – Let me put it this just, way. He's got, like, as far as potential goes, right, he has – we know what he is. He's never sure. going to be a franchise guy. His best case, he has proven to the NFL that he can be a – serviceable backup which is a compliment especially given where he's come from he's working guys guys make a hundred million dollars being a serviceable backup all right yeah so like i'd kill to be a serviceable backup yeah he's a top 50 nfl quarterback which is yeah he's one of the 50 best humans alive (laughs) at one of the most valuable skills on planet earth so not a not a diss but in trey lance you have a guy who at least from a tools and potential upside perspective had all the talent in the world, didn't make it work in San Fran. And and frankly, there's really no one to develop him there. Like he doesn't have a veteran quarterback to learn from. There's no like, you know, older guy to teach him. Now, one thing I did think was really funny, and this is just like a window into what it is to be the Dallas Cowboy quarterback. 
they asked Trey Lance about what his welcome to the Cowboys was like. And he said, Dak, welcome me with open arms. I'm so excited to learn anything I can from this guy. This business is crazy. Um, and for him to take the time to welcome me and, you know, he's, this is a guy that's accomplished so much and developed so much. It's just an honor to, you know, work with him or whatever. I thought that was all like pretty perfunctory, but overall positive, and that's what you want to hear, right? That you're a veteran quarterback. It's, not, like, it's the most vanilla shit, so that of these course. people can write like their little articles. Of and, course, but then right next to that, I saw a headline on ESPN that said Dak Prescott has no room to be sensitive about the Trey Lance trade. And they had a picture <laughs> of they had a picture of Dak with his back turned when he was a rookie throwing a, a warm up pass, and Tony Romo just looking pissed as fuck in street clothes next to him, and I was like. <laughs> Dog, these situations are in no way related. Dak has never been sensitive. Like, I've never seen Dak, like, lose his cool with the media or, like, say anything shitty or, like, anything. Like, he has not expressed being sensitive about the Trey Lance trade whatsoever. He reached out to the guy and said, hey, man, welcome to the team. You know, stoked to play with you or whatever. It's just so crazy. Like, if the Browns sign a third string QB, no one is reading an article about like how the start, you know what I mean? Like that's just if not he goes even to like, yeah. If he, if, yeah, if he was going to the, the Browns behind Deshaun Watson, who was awful last year and has his own shit, hasn't played. They'd be like, there wouldn't be the lead topic on first take would not be. Should Dak be worried about his job? You know, that's they, just, they couldn't that's decide not- whether Dak should be worried about his job or the Cowboys got fleeced. Like that was the two I kept seeing. I but was like, dude, okay, you got a fucking fourth rounder. Like, well, and shit. you got to pick one, dude. Like either the guy is total ass and we got feast, or he's threatening the job of a perennial top ten QB. Like I, I know Dak has his weaknesses, and this year's off season has just been the year of everyone decided that Dak has been a career long turnover machine. It is one of the funniest things I've ever watched occur. Zach, can you hear us now? Whoa, the big fella's back. He's he's looking like uh if you've ever seen that inner skin where like Scarlett Johansson's an alien and she looks at things and she doesn't know what they are, that, that seems like Zach's facial expression right now. Just I think he can hear us because he laughed. I don't know. He's no he's not responding. Zach, if the Taco Bell ah, incident is there true, we go. don't say Can anything. you hear us? I can finally hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice try. Right. Zach is Zach is officially on. So we were just talking about the Trey Lance trade, Zach. Um, All right. The best trade we've made in probably my entire life. We were we were <laughs> laughing about the hilarious takes we've seen in the media. I saw I was telling Ben, I saw one that was there were two articles next to each other. One was they asked Trey Lance about what his welcome to the team was like. And he said, Dak reached out and welcomed him with open arms. And he was so grateful to like, blah, 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 blah. And the next article next to it was the headline picture was a picture of Dak throwing a warm up pass as a rookie and Tony Romo looking like pissed as fuck in street clothes next to him. And it said, Dak Prescott has no room to be sensitive about the Trey Lance trade. And I was like, all right, man, like <laughs> fucking pick one dude. Like, Oh, it sucks so bad. And, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I hated Dak's, turnovers last year uh, you know, stop there we, hated Dak we know 
sure. Yeah. There's been a ton, and we could go back and forth all day about like, okay, like you're throwing balls to Noah Brown. He's tipping them into opposing players' hands. But I do want to just like zoom out on one. We're talking about a guy that for his career is top 10 in interception percentage, top 10 all time in TD to int ratio. And the discussion about these 15 picks, you would have thought he broke the NFL record. You would have thought this dude threw 40 interceptions last year. And that he had an interception problem every single year of his career. Because people talk about it like, yeah, if Dak can't fix the picks, dude, they finally just need to move on. And you're like, well, man, like, yeah, like if that becomes an issue. But 15 picks was the lowest number of picks to lead the NFL since 1926. Josh Allen, who is elite and top three and blah, blah, he threw 14 picks. So the difference between being the third best QB in football and being shitty is one interception, according to uh, Dak missed uh, games, Andy, and he oh, still yeah. led the league. Yeah, he's, he's trash. So if we uh, just, you know, extrapolate how many he would make if he didn't miss games, uh, he'd probably have like 50. <laughs> like if you do the math, man. So Roughly. Yeah, I mean, don't also, get me wrong. We need also, Dak to take care of better care of the, the ball record, For the record, in case he's listening, I personally – I'm appalled at that drive-by at Noah Brown. He is a starting wide receiver for the Texans, so I just want to put that out there. Man, the, the Texans looked at Dalton Schultz and Noah Brown last year, and we're like, that's what we need out of the Cowboys <laughs> offense, and they got both of them, dude. Like, that's their starting – those are their weapons. And if you go on the Texans subreddit, they're fucking stoked. Like, they think both those guys are elite players. I mean, I'd probably be stoked if I was the Texans we got those. Yeah, I mean, who the fuck else you have? They have Better literally had last year. A running so back bad. and nobody. Like who was their quarterback last year? I remember the other, guy that, the other guy that threw 15 Long neck, picks. Baby. Yeah, David Davis Mills. He threw 15 there interceptions as well, but <laughs> no one cares because he's on the Texans. If you want the really like nerdy deep dive analytical, is there's like four grids for a quarterback, and it's basically like a good quarterback that throws picks 3% of the time, which is high. A good quarterback that throws picks 2% of the time, which is low. A bad that throws it 2% of the time and is low. And like a bad that throws picks 3% of the time. Basically, even the shitty guys, the 3% pick rate, good players are two or lower. And Dak, for the first time in his career, was at 3 last year and people act like he's one of the shitty guys now which is yeah hilarious. i mean and, and and it does need to get better and the, i think another piece of the equation is they came at horrible moments right like that jags one that like hit noah yes. brown in both hands and loses you the game like that just feels fucking awful well, what and was one the, of the game one, where he had two he in the it. niners game and one was just yep. like what was that where he, he threw it and it was so close to being a pick and everyone was like oh god what a horrible throw and the next play he did the same fucking <laughs> the thing same the fucking the same play and it was a yeah pick. yeah dude oh, what you that? i mean, it breaks your I mean skull. they you know uh, we haven't even got to this part i don't believe but like the weapons on this year's team are so much better than the oh, weapons on last year's upgrade team. let's Hell start yes. there let's start with offense so Coming out of this Niners game, I think if you go back and you listen to the episode that we did about that Niners loss, one of the big takeaways was this team looked like it was like going to go toe-to-toe with the Niners, and then Tony Pollard gets hurt, and you suddenly realize this team is basically C.D. Lamb and safety valve Dalton Schultz, and that's really it because you can't really count on Zeke to get you yards anymore. Uh, Michael Gallup is a shadow of his former self. You have no other wide receivers. It's, it's really a wash at that point. So coming into the offseason, we needed to really overhaul the offense. 
um, they did several things. One, I think the num- the highlight is they went and got Brandon Cooks, which I think is already one of the best moves I've seen. Who they tried to get at the deadline last year and couldn't. Yeah. And they got him for a cheaper price, which I appreciate. I still think we would have been better served to just give up the pick and like go get him last year. We, we might have been talking about a deeper playoff run. but Well, we would have given up a second rounder, and we couldn't have used that on Big Luke's schoon. So. Yeah. Oh, no. Darn. Okay. <laughs> well, Cooks has looked amazing in camp, and I know that means nothing. But I do love the idea that we might be able to finally like stretch the field vertically. Kellen's offense really centered around these kind of like six to nine yard curl stop comeback route schemes and he had a couple plays that were really impressive um but i hated these plays where the play kind of like ran itself out the play broke down and everyone's standing still and you've got cd lamb like seven yards away when he could be deep we have no real deep threat the defense is able to like cheat up because there's no one going deep the whole time um with cooks you have a legit burner the hope is that gallup is you know two years removed from uh, the ACL, he's going to be more himself. I think the science tells us that players get at least as close as they're ever going to get again to their normal athleticism. Basically, if he doesn't, if he doesn't have it this year, then he's never going to have it. He's not yeah. going to have it again. Which is uh, Dalton Schultz is gone, which I know some Cowboys fans threw a big old fit about, but I am not the least bit upset. I thought we saw in that Niners game who Schultz Schultz really was. Um, when wide open, like underneath dump out routes are not available, Dalton Schultz is like a non-factor. Like mm-hmm. no he did one have is a good afraid game for what it's worth. But for sure, he, he had two touchdowns. He was like the leading receiver. But again, I thought they were the the Bucks were just completely like oh, we smashed head over. It wasn't heels. like he was. Yeah, were, yeah, yeah. So now you're looking at you know I have the fifty three here. Uh, from a from an offensive perspective. Weapons-wise, your starting weapon set is going to look like Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, and Jake Ferguson. Um, I think that is an upgrade at basically every position. So you've got Tony Pollard is the undisputed starter now. I think that that is really good for him to not be like, oh, we need to use Zeke. Like, There's no question about Zeke or Pollard. It's Pollard. CeeDee Lamb is... In his prime, he was an absolute baller in the second half of last year. I expect him to take an even further step this year. Cooks has done it everywhere. Even on the shittiest teams he's ever been on, he's been productive. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Cooks put up a 1,000 yards, six touchdown year this year in the Cowboys offense. The hope is that Gallup is a little bit better this year. And then I think Ferguson is a huge upgrade over Schultz. I've just seen already in the limited snaps, I think Ferguson has already made plays that Schultz never could. And with the addition of starter grade snaps, he could do special, special things. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was looking up Schultz's contract to see because he bet on himself and he basically got like a one year, six mil deal right after we gave him a fucking franchise <laughs> tag for $13 million and didn't. What team is he even on now? He's on the, tech- the Texans yeah. with no ah, Brown. There we go. But yeah, I, I, I think you said it well. I think. You know, as we talked about, the the Cowboys had two real playmakers on their team last year, and one of them had a split carries with Zeke due to the name and contract. And as much yeah. as we – look, I, I know you can go check the tape. We certainly made a lot of excuses, excuses. for Zeke. We weren't yeah. always realist about Zeke. At least uh, me and Andy. Zach was. Zach was. Zach was a <laughs> yes. Zeke hater before it was cool. But even then, we – 
you know, knew Pollard needed more touches at, at, at sure. even when we were defending Zeke. I'll also give a shout out here to Mr. Jalen Tolbooth, who has had a little bit of a renaissance here in the second mm. year. You know, there was a lot of shit shitting on Tolbert last season. I, I'm not, I was I'm not done for the record. I'm not I, done. No, I'm not. I'm not giving the kid a pass. I'm not ready to like turn the, the, the corner on him. Um, I mean, basically the only play I remember of his from all of last season was the backbreaker of a penalty that he accrued in the overtime against the Green Bay Packers for lining up in the wrong spot. Um, but he has had a significantly better camp. And his hands do look significantly improved for what we've seen so far in preseason play. So my hope is that he can meaningfully contribute to this offense in some way. Now, I don't think, luckily, unlike last year where it was like, oh, let's go ahead and pencil this kid in as the number three wideout for week one. Even though he's two, never played a ball. Because yeah. Gallup was still hurt. Yeah. Um, unlike that, he's basically the fourth guy, which, you know, fine. Like, um, Jalen Brooks also made the team, which I think is really cool. And Kevonte Turpin is your number six wide out. He's really just there for like gadget plays, kick return. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously there's a lot of split feelings on his, his capability as a, as a return man, given his, uh, somewhat regular fumbling issues, but we'll see what happens. There's so they kept six wide receivers. They kept three tight ends. Now they went back and forth forever on Sean McKeon. Um, that's a guy the coaches really loved. Uh, uh, your classic Noah Brown story of like doesn't have the talent but does everything the coaches want. Um, he ended up being like a final day cut. They kept Ferguson, Schoonmaker, and Hendershot. Um, I think that's the right call. Uh, Schoon was going to make it because he's a second round pick. He's got at least two years of rope, but Ferg and Hendo are the guys for sure. At least Ferg. I think Ferg showed enough. I mean, he <laughs> sat with the the starters for the most part this preseason did he even play in this preseason yeah he had like he would basically play like yeah, one quarter of each game and yeah. he would have like one or two big catches he looks great he has tremendous athleticism he had a we'll sick, I, was, I'm, I rewatched I'm the bucks more... game and he had a sick ass catch and run after the catch against the bucks that i was like this kid's so special we're excited on him as always you know me and andy pick a seem to pick a cowboy that tight end that we like and one that we don't and we hated the schoonmaker pick so he's in my doghouse until he and we love Deuce Vaughn, who is uh, right now penciled in at third running back. But I think everyone loves Deuce. Dude, Deuce was electric in the preseason. Electric. I mean, the kid scored a touchdown in every game. He was – everyone had a, a, a tremendously good time uh, watching Deuce play. So I think we'll see a lot of him. Asim Richards, the fifth-round pick, is your backup left tackle. Um, a lot of Cowboys analysts have him as the best draft pick in the whole draft, which is pretty cool. I think a lot of analysts are really down on this offensive line, and I, I want to just pause on them for a minute because I feel pretty good about them. And shit, it wasn't yeah. – I was listening to some fantasy podcast. Um, yeah. And they were talking about, like, O-line ranks, and I forget who it was, ranked – at least our starting lineup, like, as configures the sixth best O-line, which I think is probably somewhere, right? Like, around 10? They're, was they're not the best at anything. Like, they're not a dominant run line. They're not a dominant pass line. But they're very versatile. They've got a lot of athleticism, and they can get they get it done most of the time. And look, time. they're thin behind the starting I mean, five, but I think, you know, their starting five is still really good. I mean, we didn't even talk about yet that Zach Martin – basically had a holdout for yeah two weeks during training oh, camp yeah. and they came to uh, a contract resolution with him, which you knew they always were. 
Um, I think he got a two year extension on his his deal. So which is good. Zach like eighteen Zach's mil a year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, so you're looking at Tyler, Tyron, Tyler, Zach, and Terrence. So four T's and a Z uh, up front. Hell yeah. Uh, TJ Bass and Asim Richards both make the team. Matt Molesco also makes the team. Um, obviously, your quarterbacks are Dak Cooper and Trey Lance. Um, and then Hunter Lucky made the team, who is the uh, a dedicated fullback, is going to carry a roster spot on this team, which in the modern NFL is a little bit of a rarity. But I will say that, one, given that your starting running backs are all kind of like flash, finesse, smaller ag- agility guys, kind of the modern NFL running back. Um, I do like the idea of having a dude that you can hand it to either for either hand it to or block in those goal line situations instead of just having Pollard slam into a wall of linebackers. I agree. Um, I'm interested to see mm-hmm. when waivers, they didn't get anyone in waivers today, so they didn't add anyone. So that was going to be my, my question. If yeah. Fuck with that. I, I, I am curious what they, if they keep that, but I'm a little uh, surprised that at Rico Dowdle over Malik Davis, frankly. I, I've always felt like Davis was ahead of Rico in the pecking order, but clearly that is not the case. I The preseason game I watched him, and I know Rico had, I think, two fumbles, but I just thought when he had the ball, clearly looked better. That was just yeah. my, my takeaway. Rico's been, unfortunately, really hurt, but it does seem he's ended the – so far is the RB2. A lot of people thought Dallas, after cutting Zeke, would bring in... Dude, I saw people wanting us to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Dumb shit. I saw people wanting us to go out and get Dalvin Cook. Dumb shit. So, you know, we didn't do any of that. So it's interesting that he's our RB2, which I really just think means you're going to see a ton of Pollard. And I think, despite all this bullshit that McCarthy said... I think if you look at their actions, they're going to be a way bigger pass happy team than a run happy team. I know, yeah, I know, he talks about all this. More, uh, but I just don't yeah, believe it. I just don't the believe chatter. It. The chatter is like we're going to be we're going to run the damn ball. They brought in Marty Schottenheimer, who's not calling plays, but he's helping McCarthy uh, Brian design Brian Schottenheimer. Sorry, um, to help design the scheme. Now he's had some bad stops. His last couple outings as an OC were not great. Yeah. Um, I think what they are hoping to channel more is his time with Russ in Seattle. And I was reading some of his quotes today. Um, I mean, it's not going to give you too much insight into offensive scheme, but a lot of what he talks about is they want to make some. They want to make other teams defend the entire field. Um, they don't want to see guys standing around, which could be interpreted as kind of a direct shot at how Kellen was doing things before he got fired and, you know, went off to join the Los Angeles Chargers, the 12th most popular Los Angeles sports franchise right behind (laughs) the galaxy. So, um, I would love to see them stretch the field more. I want to see more deep balls to guys like cooks. I mean, Gallup can definitely stretch the field a little bit in his own right. Um, Using CD like that doesn't bother me. When you have a guy like Ferguson and even Schoon, who reportedly has really great athleticism, tight end can go up the seam a little bit. All those things are good. Um, so when's hopefully the, uh, the scheme last will... Time, uh, sorry, go ahead, Zach. When's the last time we've had a uh, successful second-round pick? Well, I mean, if you like Sam Diggs. Williams, who just got fucking arrested again, but... Um, yeah, Sam I Williams don't. is a really good... Sam, I, I, I like think, Sam Williams a lot. I think he'll pop, but okay, Diggs okay. was definitely like... Bonafide. I mean, he made oh yeah, shit. Sure. Some reason I was thinking he was like, I was. I forgot. You're right. I thought they Diggs do. They do. Fourth. 
they do miss on a lot of them. Um, I think because people mm-hmm. expect our second rounders to hit, our hit rate is honestly not as bad as people think. It's just when they miss, they really miss. They're not even usable guys. But yeah. their hit rate's still pretty good. When yeah. they do hit, they find a guy. I mean, Tank, you got to go way back, of course, but he was second rounder. Um, I mean, they've, they've definitely missed, but Diggs is a good second rounder. And they just did trade Kelvin Joseph away for peanuts. I don't, we didn't really get to that. Uh, not peanuts, but they basically traded with Miami for two corners who are both disappointing. But basically from what I read was Kelvin had gotten better at playing the slot or, or the outside and they wanted a slot guy and Miami, meanwhile, needed a better slot guy or something. So anyway, they, they basically swapped with the guys. So I'll give, you the last, uh, I'll give you the last, I'll give you the last. One of the most lateral trades I've seen. For yeah. sure. I will say at least you don't have to worry about Noah being an off-the-field distraction. Involved in, a, I'll take. in a, a, That's a, true. a shooting while he yeah. was in the car. Here's your last 10 second-round picks. Gavin Escobar. Fucking bum. DeMarcus Ware. Or DeMarcus Lawrence, sorry. Oh, okay. Randy Gregory. Yeah. Bum. Jalen nah, Smith. Bum. Also, kind of a bum. Jalen Smith is a is a heartbreaker because yeah. he he showed tremendous upside and then fell apart immediately. If they uh, didn't che- give him that contract, I wouldn't say bum. But agreed, agreed. Cheeto, yeah, I agree. Yeah, NCAA. Cheeto, good. They just didn't sign him. He's been really good in. Uh, yeah, he's Cincinnati. been a he's been a Pro Bowler and All Pro in Cincinnati. <laughs> Pro Bowl, yeah, yeah. Okay, twenty eighteen Connor Williams, fucking awful. Um, uh, uh, 2019 oh. Tristan Hill, terrible. Uh, really 2020 bad. Trayvon Diggs, stud. Uh, then Kelvin Joseph, then Sam Williams, who again, like Sam Williams, is a baller. Like I think so. I I'm excited to see what he can do. I and just to to put a note on that, if you people who didn't uh who don't consume all off season news the way we might, uh, he did get arrested with. Basically, a vape pen and a gun on him. The gun was legal, but I guess in Texas, because he had an illegal vape pen, it made the gun illegal. So it's a really weird. This is like how this is a great window into Texas legal theory here. So weed's illegal, guns not. But by having the weed, the gun becomes illegal. But even though the gun is now illegal, the gun is a misdemeanor. The weed is a felony because he has it with a gun. Yeah. Correct. It's like they both so, hype each other up. Yeah, they are definitely like radioactive. But I want to say, looking at NFL, uh, the way the NFL disciplines people, he ain't getting in trouble this season. That's all I'm saying. He's going to be playing every game this season. If he gets a charge, it'll be next season. Or not a charge. If he gets a suspension, it'll be a yeah. And season. and marijuana isn't even a banned substance on the NFLPA list anymore. So it, it would shock me if, and especially if the legal stuff gets dropped or reduced to like some kind of he pleads just to the misdemeanor, he might not even serve a game. Um, he has looked really good in the preseason. He had a two tackle for loss and a sack in one in the only preseason game he played meaningful time in. I like him um, as a player. I, I do also want to point out stud athlete. He does for have sure. some off the field shit, and I believe a domestic thing too in college, which I don't love. So well, you know, hey, Micah was doing his thing too. You know, college kids get up to to mischief. <laughs> um, that that does lead us into the defense, which I will say, you know, we talked a little bit about. Uh, on the offensive side, you really felt like you needed to, to plug a hole. You go, you get Brandon Cooks, you make some changes on the coaching side. The defense, I really think this has the chance to be the best Cowboys defense of our lifetime. Um, when I look at the defense last year, there are two real gaping holes. One, 
our number two corner was so bad wait, wait, that teams wait, were eventually one second, one just. Second, before, yeah, Eddie, go ahead. Yeah. Of our lifetime or of our adult lifetime? I I mean, of our lifetime. I mean, I okay, I would okay. put this defense. I think has the capability to be up there with like the '90s Cowboys doomsday defense teams. Um, okay. They have the talent on paper. Um. You have you have multiple guys on this team who I believe can have the trajectory to be Hall of Fame level talents. Guys like Micah, Diggs, Gilly, like these are dudes that can eventually be have their jacket in Canton. Um, but like I said, right. you, you had two real gaping holes. One is teams realized eventually that there is no point in throwing towards Trayvon Diggs. Like while he is a bit of a gambler, he definitely reeled that in last season and became a much better cover corner. And two, yeah, the inch went down and the coverage got closer and weirdly yeah. the criticism stopped. It's odd. Fucking. I, I didn't hear how many yards he gave up in coverage, which is a stat that was only present for one season in the history of NFL um, football. Um, someone um, right now, Google how many yards Jamar Chase had against the Cowboys. Oh, wait. Someone Google how many uh, yards Justin Jefferson had against the Cowboys last year. I'll wait again. But yeah, Spoiler, you know, it's not a lot. Yeah, but you know, Diggs can't cover, I guess. But they but they eventually figured out that it's like even if Diggs has, you know, an off play every now and then, it's just not even worth it when you can just toss it in the general direction of Anthony Brown who he he played above his he punched above his weight a lot of times, but more often than not, he either got it like he was very picked on by refs. He saw it however you want. Uh yeah. Yeah, he was he was a solid corner, but he drew a lot of flags and he got toasted a lot because he was just seeing absurd amounts of targets. So to solve that problem, the Cowboys went out and traded for Gilly the Kid, former NFL Defensive Player of the Year, coming off of a really – I mean, I think people kind of view him as this old washed-up has-been, but this dude had a really good year last year in Indy. He was a top-10 corner in the league by coverage grade. Yeah, um, I think he – he had the defensive player of the year in New England, right? Where New England's yep. defense was nuts. And he had a fantastic year, like one of the best corner years. I mean, even better than that Diggs pick year. I mean, because he was just was un, uh, unbeatable. And then he had like a tiny taper off. He ends up on Indy, and then he was a stud last year on Indy. I mean, we clown yeah. on PFF a lot. I don't like PFF, but he was like a top. I think at one point he was the number one raid, and he picked Dak off in that game. That we have the only, we are the only team. Uh, it's us and the Dolphins are the only team that has two top ten graded corners. So they solved that problem. The other issue was that despite the grades not being too terrible, their run stats were not that abysmal. Teams seemed to be able to just like run up the gut on them quite a bit. It was not a as bad as previous too, years. Like right off the tackle. Yeah. They would run at Micah. They realized they could, the best way to neutralize Micah was to like, instead of making Freeze him, him. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of making him this just going downhill, make him have to make a decision. Like don't let him just be reactive on the line. Make him have to kind of pause and make a decision. So And so for to, to address that, they used their first round pick on Mozzie Smith, a true nose tackle out of Michigan. Huge Micah wanted 300 pounds. For sure. I think that is worth yes. noting when we talk about Mozzie Smith that that was a uh, – I, I wonder, you know, 
as players get a bigger rep on a team, like how much say they have, I, I I'm sure the Cowboys wanted him regardless, but the fact that Micah was telling DQ to take him, I don't think hurt matters. I'll put it that of way. Of course. And, and again, you bring back, uh, you bring back Dan Quinn, who I think is right now kind of the consensus best defensive coordinator in football. Um, the team is pretty solid. They've got basically great guys at every level, like pro bowl or all pro level talent at every level of the defense. Um, as far as the roster goes, from a defensive end standpoint, this is a team that a, just a few years ago we were like, I cannot, we do not have a war daddy. And now we've got five of the six defensive ends on this team would probably see starting time on most NFL teams. Um, you got Micah, D Law, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler Jr., and then uh, Simi Fahoko's brother, Falami Fahoko Jr., who's the odd man out. But five good rotational defensive ends is incredible um also diggy zua jonathan hankins mozzie smith chauncey Golson. i think the Neville hankins Gallimore. one was pretty big too because hankins is run stuff like for the, sure the, the, the running but small sample the running stats when he's in the game and he's not in the game were pretty pretty obvious yeah so, jarring for sure so i don't know i don't know what mozzie's gonna be right away i always try to preach like patience with defensive ends i know micah was a blue <laughs> once in a blue moon generation like instantly great guy i i do believe most need time especially d tackle and his clips in the preseason weren't great but i don't know we'll see he hasn't even played a game yet and people are already wanting to trash the cowboys and be like what a fucking he's, he's got a lot of good players around him, so I'm, I have high hopes for him. And he did flash a few plays. As much as his bad plays got a lot of attention, I saw some and good he's stuff in there, hell. too. You know, just let the... Yeah. He's 22. He's 22. We'll give him... We'll see what um, he's... Linebacker-wise, this one was an interesting position because there were some big names that did not make this team. Um, so your starting linebackers are Devin Harper at will, Leighton Van Der Esch returns at Mike, and Damone Clark is your strong side, your Sam. Um, Probably the weakest unit on this team. It is, although I really do like they brought back LVE. I think he had a really, really solid return to form year last year. He was a great player. Um, it was, however, we did lose Jabril Cox. He is now on the Washington Commanders playing for Major Tutty. Um, that's sad to me, man, because I really feel like Jabril had a moment there where it felt like he was going to ascend, and then that been nice. happened. That what if without the injury, right? Because yep. he never and, really seemed to. And it feels it like Overshown might be the next Jabril Cox, this guy that like comes in highly athletic, rangy, like somewhere between a safety and a linebacker, like has all the tools, makes flash plays, and then has this brutal injury that derails him immediately, and you never really get to see the upside to a guy like that. Um, Malik Jefferson was also cut, although he was retained on practice squad um as far as the secondary goes this is a incredibly deep secondary so obviously we talked about stefan gilmore we talked about Diggs, but uh deron bland is back he's coming off a rookie year where he had five picks as a rookie in the slot which i thought was awesome like a really great late round find for the cowboys front he office came on he came on strong i think it'll be interesting to see how he grows but yeah for sure can. Nashawn Wright is back. Nothing really to write home about. Eric Scott Jr. is a very big like favorite in the the front office slash locker room. And then Jordan Lewis 
finally returns from injury. He was it was his first day back at practice today. I read a really awesome article where um dude, the guy just struggled so hard with the mental health aspect of being out all year last year and it really fucked with him. He went to some really dark places and his it was his teammates that kind of pulled him back into the light and got him back into like the team environment and I think football being back in the facility and finally being back on the field today, I think is just a huge triumph for, for Jordan Lewis, who I've always loved, um, loved him when we drafted him. He's like a, if you read into Jordan Lewis's life, he was like a peewee, like a Detroit police peewee football league, like legend. He was like a D Parker or a, a Kobe Jones, you know, one of these guys, it's like a legend in peewee football circles <laughs> in Detroit. Uh, and went on to play at Michigan, where he was, a, you know, an All-American, and then uh, now he plays with the Cowboys, and he's become a really, really capable slot corner. Um, I was surprised they activated because he's not ready to play yet. I don't think he's going to be. A lot of people thought he'd start on the pup, and then you'd get one extra roster spot. I don't care too much about that, but I thought it was interesting that they Agreed. activated him. And then you didn't mention the corner, I guess, that we traded for, whatever his name is. Oh yeah, Noah. Uh man, I'm so sorry. Igbengene. It's he's Nigerian. I thought he. I mean, from an athletic pedigree standpoint, this dude's insane. So both of his parents are Olympic medalists for Nigeria. His mom uh, won a bronze medal at the Olympics in track and field. His dad went to Mississippi State and was a five won five SEC titles in long jump and triple jump. So freakish athletic gene pool that this kid's playing from. He's a first-round pick uh, a few years ago and has just never really put it together. Um, I guess, you know, very low-end uh, cost for the Cowboys, and they're hoping that a change of scenery can make him, him work out. He starts as the uh, seventh corner on the depth chart. And then we return basically all six uh, of a really great safety group, maybe the best, the deepest safety group uh, in, in football. So you've got... J. Ron Kirsten, Malik Hooker, who were both awesome last year. Oh, Donovan no, Wilson. Malik Hooker. Oh, yeah, dude. Malik's game against the Colts was fucking so awesome, dude. Like two turnovers, a fucking pick six. Like uh, Izzy uh, Mukwamu is back, Marquise Bell, and then Wanye Thomas, who had a big interception on Trevor Lawrence in the first preseason game this year. I think that's when a lot of people learned his name, a guy that uh, seems to be named after Kanye, but if Kanye was from Mexico, Kanye, <laughs> um, dude made it made a real splash, and I'm I'm stoked that he's joining the safety group. Now, one big area of concern here, boys, special I, teams. I want to say this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, about the safeties. I think you know we talked about how thin the linebackers are. Dan Quinn basically said in an interview, and I'm paraphrasing here, that our safeties are basically he uses them as linebackers kind of chess yeah. pieces. So I think while I fear a little bit about the linebacker, they're going to play three safeties on the field a lot this year. And basically one of them is going to be low and in the box and be kind of a, in the box linebacker. So I'm not as worried about that linebacker position. Um, just because I think you may not have a outside of LVE, a true like middle linebacker, but I don't, yeah. you know, I think you'll have plenty of guys that you can kind of have, some I, and I don't think we'll see much of Micah at linebacker this year. I think 
I think he's going he's, full DN, guys, and I think we got to give yeah. up, like, as fun as rookie year was, is the chess piece that could play, like, slot corner and safety and all this shit. Like, he's DN is his most impactful position. He's basically a DN now. Yeah, like, and they had him trained specifically for it for the first time this offseason. He bulked up a little bit. He did a bunch MMA of like, boxing fighting. and agility. Yeah, he looks and, – and I'll say this. I Watching – I you know, we all digest kind of these cell phone videos of camp where like they're running and you know pad maybe pads maybe shorts and t-shirts but Micah this year looked like a totally different beast like I would have to watch his clips like five times just to see what he did because he would be in the backfield so fast I'd be like how did he get there and I'd go back and watch him like oh my god he ragdolled Tyron Smith like he looks monstrous so we get a little luck from the injury slash football gods I think there's a real chance we see this is like the Micah year where he gets like hits like the you know 17 and a half 20 sack number um preseason favorite defensive player of the year that would be rad i think my biggest area of concern on this whole team maybe is your kicker dude brandon aubrey we had all this shit with maher last year i mean he was so good until like he got the yips in the playoffs dude and then i mean the buck i rewatched the whole bucks game uh this week and he missed like Three kicks. Four extra, three extra points in that game. I think it's two extra points and a chip shot field goal. But Yeah. And then Brand, he, he's gone. They bring in Brandon Aubrey, and that guy's missing extra points in the preseason. It's scary, but I don't know what they do. I mean, you just got to kind of hope maybe you get some change of scenery luck, and I don't know. Like, if he sucks, they're going to find someone off the street and bring him in. I mean, that's just the way it goes. It's... A, a really fluky ass position. So. It really is, dude. There seems to be no. I mean, if you could just draft a good one, people would, and they're not, right? Dude, Cade like, that York, work either. Uh, the, someone, uh, I saw this. Cade York was a kicker that the Browns drafted last year, and he made a game winning kick. Um, I think he was either in preseason or week one and their official Twitter account tweeted, that's why you draft a kicker, all exclamation mark. And then exactly Jeez. one year after one year after that tweet, they cut him today. For Good Lord, minutes. dude. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, that is that is your 53-man roster. Um, so, like I said, we've got a week from Sunday, you travel to New York to play the Giants. Um, now, the Giants team you played last year they've got dennis houston now so pretty elite they've got daniel dimes who fresh off a new contract now makes as much money as dak baby year over year hey totally fine with that um if everyone's going to decide that jalen hurts is god's gift to the quarterback position why not give money to the guy that's slightly better than him in my opinion so that's a good bit. Hey, I, it's not a bit. He put up equal or better stats with 10% of the talent. Jalen Smith, has, Jalen Hurts has every advantage in the world. He has elite players, elite weapons at every position, elite coaching, an elite defense to give him turnovers. And he fucking put up 20 touchdowns. If Dak put up Jalen Hurts numbers, people would be dragging burning effigies of him through the streets, calling him the worst quarterback in history. It's only... In Philly, yeah, but but he get also gets all into he, the end zone from the one yard line ten times. Yeah, 
get behind the best offensive line in football against the 10 worst defenses in the game and be like, this guy's changing the position. He's a generational talent. So, yeah, man. But when it comes to playing the Giants, I do love playing the Giants on opening night. It feels like like this tradition that just like really marks the beginning of every season. Um, I have a lot of great memories of those games. The you know kind of Tank's breakout game in 2017 where he had like three sacks against Eli. Um, there's been a lot of awesome opening night Giants games. I think we uh, we have a chance to kind of go in and immediately make a statement. And this season is going to be – I mean, dude, the schedule is kind of punishing, no lie. Uh, you start uh, in New York, and then your home opener – is the next week against the Jets, who, you know, for as much as I'll shit on Aaron Rodgers, they have a lot of talent. Then you get kind of a break. You get to go play the Cardinals, who I think they're probably going to be starting that quarterback from Tennessee that they brought in four days ago. Um, so they're pretty much tanking fully. Then you got to play the Pats, the Niners, the Chargers. Then you get to play the Rams, then the Eagles and Giants again, Carolina, Washington, the Seahawks. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, Commanders. So not a lot of like runs of like three easy games in a row this season. It's There's a, a hard game around the corner at all times. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer that their schedule's so hard. I Because I, I really think the Eagles were ripe. And then unfortunately the Eagles like first month is like four straight cakewalks. And the Commanders get the Arizona Cardinals who are so bad that they're over under in vegas is three and a half wins for the year which is it's weird because like they seem to be like fully in tank mode for caleb williams but like throwing caleb williams into that team isn't a good idea either like you gotta start somewhere i guess but yeah they'll just break him like i we just don't see that that often where like a team with nothing gets a quarterback and it becomes good you know what i mean like the best quarterbacks even the young ones are guys that get to step into good situations. I mean, Mahomes, we have no idea what would have happened to him if he got sent to Cleveland. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, even Trevor Lawrence, like, that was crazy. You know, his first year with Urban, that was a disaster. But the thing is, you know, they can spend buku money in free agency, and they don't pay anyone right now. So, Any predictions for opening night against the Giants? All right, I will tell you, boys, the spread. We are favorites by... I think it's three and a half. Gosh, I thought it was smaller. Let me find it. I had it up a second ago. Yeah, you're right. Three and a half right now. Um, Look, Dak Prescott is 10 and 2 against the Giants as a starter. He hasn't lost since his rookie fucking Dude, he season. owns the whole division, dude. He owns um, the whole division. Daniel Jones has legit never beat Dak. Uh and I know they play different positions, but I still like to say that. Um Uh I think we win. I I mean, we got to go to Meadowlands. I I do think the Giants have a good coach. I do like their Me team for Darren Waller, but I do think we're one of those teams kind of equipped to take that away. They have no wide receivers. Saquon, Andy's favorite player, is you know, he's he'll have some moments, I'm sure. But I think overall, what's interesting is they have a decent defense and they they blitz a shit ton, but Dak's usually pretty good against the blitz. So we'll, we'll really get to see the offense. I think the defense does well enough, you know, gives up 17, but 
So we'll see at the offense. If the offense lays an egg, I'll be worried. But I think it's pretty. I'm gonna go with a like a, and, and we'll obviously have another pot on this. But I'm gonna say like 28 to 17 first night. You know, nice. Zach, Actually, 26 to 14. Our kicker will miss two extra. Oh, nice. I like it. Uh, I'm not worried about this at all. I think we're gonna completely fucking crush them. We're just we we're the better team Fuck, last year. Yeah. We're far better this year. They're not really that much different. Honestly, I mean, I'm not gonna say exact numbers for this one because, but I say we win by like 17 points or more. I think it's a pretty dominating game. I love it. I love just, it. Just I couldn't one of those agree fun more. Games. I'm looking. I'm looking at last year's Giants games. We won the first matchup, 23 to 16. That was with uh, Cooper Rush at the helm. Mm-hmm. We won the second game, 28 to 20. Um, Danny Dimes his numbers against us last year: 20 of 37 for 196, zero TDs and a pick, and then sacked five times. The second game, 21 of 35. 228, one TD, no pick, sacked three times. So we got after that ass. Yeah, I and that's the thing. The beginning of the season is when everyone's healthy. Our pass rush is going to be at its most lethal. Man, yeah, dude. I, frankly, I'm I'm on the I'm on Zach's end of the equation. I think the Cowboys put on a show. I think there's a chance they win this one like 30 to 10, and everyone overreacts. And Cowboys are like early season favorite. Blah 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 blah. Um. Yeah, I I think I'm going with 30 to 10. I think when I look at this schedule, I think what will what I really am focused in on is the two games before the bye, where you go to San Francisco on Sunday, October 8th, and then Monday Night Football at LA Chargers, Week Six. I feel like those two games are so crucial because you're playing San Fran, who are like. They've, they've stepped into the Green Bay spot of, like, monkey on our back that we, like, cannot beat this fucking team when it means Who? something. San Fran? San Fran, oh, okay. yeah. Um, they've taken over from Green Bay, who was that for, like, well, the Well, on that note, I really want to see how they react to the Jets. I really yeah. want an Aaron Rodgers win. I think there's a little bit of this guy always fucking beats us type isms out there, so... Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I also I just like, loathe the Chargers, dude. I, I hate Justin Herbert. I hate Kellen. I it's hate so funny because no one like loathes the Chargers. The Chargers are so so in concert. It's like someone disliking the the like the Lions. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, it's just it's who it's what fans you come in contact with. And <laughs> I happen to like have regular contact with a Chargers fan who is just the biggest dumbass. And Kellen's in the world. there. Yeah, and of course he's like, we have the best offensive coordinator in football in the last ten years, dude. Like, he just got tired. He wanted to leave Dallas because he was tired of dealing with Dak ruining his offense. Well, like, Zach, okay. Zach, that sounds a little reasonable to me. I'm gonna say uh, real quick. You're talking about complete dumbasses. I had a guy who I started talking about football my job. He was like, oh, hold on, hold on. Like, I play football. Let me tell you about it. The big issue issue with Daiquiri Prescott is, and he just fucking kept going on, but Daiquiri doesn't do this, and Daiquiri needs to do this. And I was like, you know, that's not his name, right? He's like, no, I thought that was his name. We had a whole conversation about it. I was like, what the fuck? Dude, that is, see, people like that, man, like, 
drives it shouldn't i shouldn't care but it drives me up a wall like last year was the year of the like the fucking cooper rush truther that was all out being like dude he's a winner dude they have to let him they have to let him be the starting quarterback dude like dax sucks cooper rush wins games i was like dax one of the winningest quarterbacks in like the history of the league they're like yeah yeah whatever dude like cooper rush players play harder for him andy yeah oh man all those like totally soft stats like you can just tell by their body language they respect coop more i'm like do they like (laughs) oh but man i'm just so stoked that we're on the edge of another season man like this one feels i know we say this every fucking year it's stereotypical cowboys fan it's our year blah, blah blah but this does feel like kind of the make or break year for this generation of Cowboys players. I, and I don't, I don't really know. I, I think I would caveat that by saying it's a make or break year for McCarthy for sure. I yes, don't, yes. I think no Kellen. He's got no one to blame. He's calling the plays. Like Schottenheimer's not going to be able to take that away. Um, DQ's probably leaving for a head coach gig at some point. And I'd say but, in many ways it's a make or break year for Dak. Uh, not that they'll get rid of them after this year, but I think they will start making plans. Like they will, yes. you know, look in the draft. They'll like blah blah blah. The thing that's so hard is they owe him so much money. Like, I, again, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like, but there's a team that will pay him that. He also has a no trade clause, so he'd have to oh. yeah. okay yeah. it. But he would have to approve it. And I don't think. I mean, it's it's worth yeah, so much money that. than no, the Cowboys QB. And again, yeah, like, dude, Dak is not a bad quarterback at all. Like. If Dak played for any other team, his he story takes, would be so celebrated. This is he's a guy like that Rumble. Was a, he takes a lot of sins for this team failing sure. because the old adage at the end of the day, you know, what is it? Uh, quarterbacks get too much credit for wins and too much blame for losses. And so every time this team loses, he's going to be the head of it. And this they is a, this is a guy who, lost a lot of playoff games. So. For sure. And this is a guy that is a fourth round pick. From a school that had no business producing His an mom NFL died quarterback. Of cancer. Mom dies of cancer. Brother commits suicide. He, as a rookie, looks like he can barely, he looks like Jalen Hurts, like he barely belongs in the league. And then <laughs> develops his way into a top 10 passer in many meaningful statistics. He's Walter Payton, NFL man of the year. Like he is everything you would want in a face of the franchise signal caller, like. I don't believe in I, I usually shy away from the concept of like this person deserves a ring. Like I usually reserve that for like Romo and Dez. Um, but I am certainly rooting hard for Dak, even outside of my desire for the Cowboys to win. Like I think Dak is a great like if Dak wins a ring, it'll feel good. It won't be like if Johnny Football or Deshaun Watson won a fucking ring. Like when Aaron Rodgers wins a ring, it's because it's like, hey man, that's talent on display, but I don't feel great about it. He's a piece of shit. If Dak wins a ring, I will feel like that is awesome for the sport, for sure. Just be happy for us, to be honest. But <laughs> I would talk so much shit, dude. If Dak Prescott wins a fucking championship ring, oh, I have a list. Oh hell I yes, think, people. I I do think on your note, just to to, I guess kind of round it off. I I they've gone back to back twelve win seasons. Like we've seen them pretty much have every level of regular season success that they can have. So at this point, like, it does suck. I'm going to enjoy the ride. I'm going to get into it. But it really is, like, we, yep. we're we not going to know anything about them until January. Like, it, it sucks, but we're really not, like. That's why I like that we have a harder schedule this year, man. 
Like that's why. Yeah, I, like. I mean, I, I I will get into it and we'll get hyped up, but like whether they limp into the playoffs or they go in as the one seed and they're like fourteen and three, like all right, you you got to go that's win. True, that's you true, know, yeah. now that you're here. The the only reason I want. The only reason I really want, like, normally I'd be like, I, I, I do, I do definitely, uh, I feel myself, you know, pulled towards it, like, just get to the playoffs because that's when the real season starts. You can get dealt a good hand. You can get the Eagles route. Oh, they, they had a, they got a bye, then they got to play road. the Giants. Then the Niners came in having lost like Bosa and Warner and playing a like fourth start Brock Purdy against an elite defense. Like, well, Brock Purdy got hurt. Yeah, they they literally didn't have to play. I mean, if you look at the Eagles' entire year last year, they played two teams that, in the condition they were in on the field when they played the Eagles, were top fifteen, top ten teams. And the Eagles lost both times. They got to go all the way to the Super Bowl because of good timing. Like, I know you don't, yeah, dude. Give me some of that. But they did, they did look good in the Super Bowl, even though they lost. They just got Mahomes, in my opinion. Their defense didn't look good. They genuinely looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts lost them the game personally, and he got bailed out of a fumble six that the refs called back for no reason. Like, they should have lost that game by significantly more, but they were kept in it yet again. Like, kind of like they how they beat, the, when and they, a half. When they beat the Colts by one point on, like, a 50-yard PI call. Hey, I agree, but we like, team. we, like, beat the Texans in overtime. So. Yeah, I mean, dude, everyone gets those. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> be fair, but I'm the Texans were pretty good in that, that game. I'm not going to sit here and say that last year's Cowboys team was like a dynastic fucking elite franchise defining moment. And people act like that Eagles team was an all time. No, and, and I, I, agree that. An I agree with that. They were a, a team that got hot with a very good roster and very good coaches. And they've lost a lot of those pizzas. So we'll see what they look like this year. And they were front running all year. We've seen, I mean, the Cowboys oh, yeah. did that Dak and Zeke's rookie year. Like it's yep. something like when you get running downhill, sometimes you just look, like you just kind of convince yourself every time you show up, you're going to win. And that can be a powerful drill. And dude, let me tell you this. If the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl this year and lose, and then they lose both coordinators and seven starters, all the discussion is going to be about how the Cowboys had a schedule that worked out for them and they've been gutted and it's over and blah, 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 because it's Philly. Oh no, dude, they filled all the holes. They're fucking elite. They're going to crush it. Coaching doesn't matter because it's Philly. Jalen hurts is fucking elite. I've never seen 20 elite touchdowns thrown in one year. Everyone else has to throw 40 mediocre ones, but Jalen threw 20 really amazing ones. They're worth so much more. Like it's hilarious. And when they go nine and eight this year, I'm going to be on the front row talking mad shit. So I hope they do. Cause that schedule looks nice. Now, you know, the NFL changes so much, who knows, but yeah, we've all said that before. We've all been like, this is a cakewalk schedule. And it turns out it's like the fucking murderer's row because of just like how things break. But we'll see. We shall see. All right, gentlemen. We'll be obviously we'll want to uh, get back together again before the uh, opening kickoff. But any final thoughts on this? Our offseason wrap up episode. No, happy we survived. Um, Z Love, we actually missed. Uh, I do want to give him a chance. We, we, you missed some wedding talk. I know we said we'd wait for you. But, ah, uh, man, it just kind of came up. Uh, okay. So you're you're imparting words about about the weekend with the boys and, and yeah. Goad give us your and, give us your breakdown. Your thoughts here. For okay. The fans. I'm pretty good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's gonna kill me. I can see that look in his fucking face. No, it was fucking awesome. Uh, so no, 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 no. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Shot a lot of guns. Saw a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys cover? Oh, we did the gun thing. We did a little bit okay, of the okay. kind of led into the preseason. We just talked about how the wedding was a good time. We didn't get into specifics or like doing drugs off of hookers or anything crazy. We didn't talk about anyone's conquests or anything. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So uh don't tell we stay that. <laughs> there was this uh real cute girl. Kind of running the bar. Turns out she was actually a night auditor, you know, ran the whole lobby at night. So uh Saturday night. This is a brothel, know. by the way, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> so uh not sorry, Saturday, Sunday night. You know, all of us staying at the hotel. We go to the bar. We drink a little bit. I stay up a little bit. Flirting pretty heavily with this girl. You know, invite her back. She's like, oh, I can't. You know, I, I, I work here. Like, I have to do my job. I can't leave. So I was like, all right, well, you know, what time do you get off? She's like, seven. I slipped her my hotel key. And I'll still be here. And I left. Seven, dude, like, oh, three, she knocks on the gangster door. Gangster-ass move, dude. Fucking gangster-ass move, Zach. Yes. Yes, it is. And thank you for acknowledging. Of course. Uh, that, dude, mm-hmm. I'm truly, it's truly in awe. in awe. It was sick. It's very it's very sexy. And you're leaving out a, a sick detail. Didn't you also get your bar tab comped by this lovely young lady? Oh, yeah. I didn't want to pay anything. Oh, and I should bet we're still here for this part. Uh, she also Dude, that is a twofer. That is a fucking twofer. Poured a shot of tequila and was like, this is $50 worth, but it's free. Right. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, oh, yeah. So. Just, just absolutely elite play. Elite play. I mean, I think I think we owe him a round of applause, Ben. I think, I think that's worthy of a, a pod round of applause. Just... You know, from two married guys to a guy still out there playing the fucking game. Just truly, truly in all. I mean, you know, like I, I often wonder, like if I if I if I could still strap on the helmet and play the game and I'm living vicariously through you, my friend. I mean, truly impressive. Truly impressive. It was it was beautiful stuff. I was I was in awe. Uh it was good to see Z was a legend. On the floor, off the dance floor. I mean, go. Also, let's let's acknowledge that, like, he this did it. This stuff. is clean play, ladies and gents. Like, this is a this is a man who sought out consent. He made a a bold yet classy play, and he left it alone. He didn't he didn't sit there all night harassing this chick at her job. He he made his feelings known, and it paid off huge. Zach is a fucking gentleman. And a scholar, fucking incredible, just truly a masterpiece, a masterclass. Go to go to the Lincoln Zach's bio for his fucking, you know, seminar that he'll be teaching at a Holiday Inn Express next weekend on how to pick up chicks. Yeah, it was a wonderful weekend. Uh, Z, even before that, you were crushing it. We had a great time. The groomsmen room was was lively. We were we were. That just- was so fun. Having a blast. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to move Andy to Austin so you do the, more often. And he walked down the aisle with a Glock on him. It was sick. <laughs> His son I did walked have a out in a small child McLaren. Yeah. That was sick, dude. He was a huge hit. AJ was truly he, he stole like the a, show. He was having a great time. So yeah, he behaved like a middle-aged man in his little car trying to get to work and rush hour traffic. It was, was so funny, dude. He was like, like headbutting the steering wheel. So hilarious. I and I give him huge credit, dude, for a one-year-old to stay up like three hours past his bedtime and never throw a temper tantrum. Oh, I yeah. was truly impressed. So, the noise, the sound, props to the little man. He's. I mm-hmm. think you know what? If the Dallas Cowboys are listening to this, 
your youngest fan, this is your opportunity. You can win a ring now, and he won't remember it. And it'll haunt him for the rest of his living years. That's what every Cowboys fan deserves. Everyone needs that in their life. The specter of championships that you were technically alive for but didn't get to witness. This is your time. Give that to my son, I beg of you. Now, I remember uh, as a kid, uh, I hope oh. we, my parents were invited to a Super Bowl party. I think it was the last one the Cowboys won. And I was, I don't know how old I was. I didn't watch football then. I spent the whole time playing with other kids in the backyard. I didn't even see a single play. As a kid. Oh, yeah. And now it's definitely like, went man. to a bunch of Super Bowl parties like that. Like, we were the five, first Super Zach. Bowl I remember yeah. playing. Oh, I the first Super Bowl myself. I remember watching six, and caring six, about was like I was in Denver for the Broncos Super Bowls. Like they're back to back in like 97, 98, or 99. And John Elway's son, Jack, went to our school. So we were all just like vicariously fans by being, you know, we lived in Denver and this kid's dad played for them. So we were like, fuck yeah, that was cool. But the first Super Bowl that I remember like independently caring about was the Titans Rams Super Bowl. And I was rooting for the Titans and I was so pissed when they came up a yard short. And was, okay, was, my dad was like, yeah. why do you care, dude? Like, He's like my dad was like you don't you don't you're not a Titans fan like why do you care I was like fuck you dad they're so close dude Trip we got to see him this weekend like yeah man and Trip was out there he was so stoked that I uh when we bought all the liquor for the wedding uh I got to you know we got to pick me too what we what we put in each uh category and I got Buffalo Trace whiskey because I know the old man loves it he was so fucking excited and I scored him a an unopened bottle for. To, to bring home. So I'm actually having a, a glass so, uh, of uh, decoy Pinot Noir. The uh, the bride and groom had lots of uh, over wine that uh, oh, the ben, best man uh, was able to. I mean to ask too. Hell yeah. Uh, so I appreciate that. that. I appreciate that. Uh, yes, we we did talk about the Rolex. And yes, oh, okay. I did. I did have a Rolex on. Scored a fucking sweet Submariner. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's see the reference. All right, boys. Well, uh, and I'll yes. say, you know, my own personal issue of believing that she hated me entirely due to an uh, incident that happened when I was 10 was gladly removed. As it turns out, she doesn't know what the hell anyone was talking yeah. about. So Put to rest. I, yeah. I mean, so she whether, it's, uh, whether it's for me to go to hell, which is good. Whether it was overblown in your head or, you know, dementia has just gotten to her and she doesn't remember <laughs> it. Either way, you win. So winner, winner, chicken count. dinner. Um, but yeah, dude, it was it was so awesome to see everyone, and it meant the world to both Cassie and I to have uh, all our friends and loved ones there. So that was a really really special weekend. Next uh, one's up is Z Love, buddy. Hell yeah, dude! Mm-hmm. You and the hotel, you and the hotel bartender. We'll have a few. We'll have a, uh, a have few a good stories for that one. <laughs> yeah, it'll oh, be the speech. all right, boys. Well, we're we're, we're we're off to a. Uh, we're off on a new adventure season seven Cowboys season 2023. This is our year. I can feel it in my bones, special team, special year. I'm ready to go. Final thoughts, gentlemen, anything before we get out of here? First game is September 10th. Be fucking ready. And we'll be back before then. So, uh, we'll get a preview yes. pod next week. Uh, we will one, one be second. dropping a pre. Uh, yes. No confusion. Uh, we're actually on season eight. No, I looked oh. it up. I was wrong. It's season seven. Shit, I never know. But the last episodes were labeled season seven. Oh, yeah, because nope, we started. 
we started yep. with the draft first. Yeah, because I was I was yeah, yeah, I did yeah, the yeah. same thing. That's why I was yeah. So we are on season seven. Because right. um, our first season was the year after Dak and Zeke's rookie year. That was our first season of pod. Mm-hmm. Um, tough year, dude. God, that Broncos game still haunts me. But uh, anyway, folks, we will be back next week with a preview pod of week one, our matchup uh, in the Meadowlands against the New York football giants. Uh, if you'd like what you heard and you want to join us for this roller coaster of emotion that will be the 2023 season, please feel free to like, subscribe, follow us on any major podcast platform, whether it's Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music. We're everywhere. We're always. We're in your ears. We're coming for your families. Uh, and please feel free to, you know, shoot us a comment, shoot us a rating. It helps with the algo. Shoot us a tweet at uh, Ben. What's our Twitter handle? B W B B Pod. It is a uh, sorry. It's it's not on Twitter. It's on X. My it's on X. Gets, yes. He hates, apologies. He I, hates <laughs> Elon. He's a. I am behind the times. So X us on X, and we'll re X you, <laughs> and uh, we'll pick our favorite X's, and uh, we'll we'll re X those on the on X. Uh, so. Um, yeah, great branding, dude. Super sick. Good job, Elon. Um, but as always, I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. <laughs> this has been Boys Will Be Boys. Welcome to Season 7. See you next week. Take it easy. Cheers. And peace.